Hello guys, this is RW Football. I'm Mo, that's Babs. In today's episode, guys, we're going to be going over Game Week 11, making some predictions for Game Week 12, going over the UCL results and the implications because of those results, and the incidents that occurred at PSG, oh, the PSG in a standable game. Um, they're crazy. And we're also going to go over Man United, just just a broad discussion of Man United. Nothing Nothing like it, it will be, it'll be more specific as we go, but it's going to be very broad because they've had a really, really, really rough week. Like it, it's been, other than that win against West Ham, which is a good win, second half, they're amazing. But other than that win, they have had a really horrible week as a club. So let's get this going. Um, started off with some predictions real quick. Oh, well, we'll start off with uh, with the games, yeah, 11. Uh, game week eleven, we, me and Babs actually both did extremely good in. Um, there was pretty much no trouble at all, outside of a couple things. So let's go over it. So Burnley Everton, um, I had a one-one draw. You had a one-nil win to Everton. It's actually ended up being a draw. Damn. I ended up being a one-one draw. Uh, this is a good point for Burnley. This is a very good point actually, and. You know, in Everton's case, I was hoping Richarlison that we could have had, not Richarlison, sorry, I mean, uh, Calvert-Lewin could have had a couple goals for FPL purposes, but um, they just never got going. And it looks like we're back to, like, old-fashioned Everton. Yep. We're back to old-fashioned Everton. They're looking like they're going to be back to their, like, quality old ways of, um, you know, the, the bad stalemates when there shouldn't be, the, the poor performances when there shouldn't be. They're back to normal. <laughs> Pretty much it. I mean, it's not a great game for Everton in any sense. So, nope. but let's see. They have to pick it up. They're going to play Chelsea. It, that's a real testament to them. But I think as of right now, Everton, like, the, you know, we had to all talked about, oh my God, Everton right now are amazing. They're, you know, they're a title contender. And I mean, <laughs> right now they're probably just like their usual, like, eighth place. They're usually, they're like in the top 10. I think they're in the top half. But like, yeah, I think it's pretty much it. And like, what Everton's now, Everton fans are probably like, let's just make sure we're in top seven. Yeah. So, so all the hype that you know they got initially for being a bunch of bad teams, mostly, pretty much died down. Um, you know, and this is a mediocre performance. It's a good point for Burnley. They actually need a point bad. Um, City versus Fulham. Um, there wasn't much to talk about. I watched this game. I don't know if you did or didn't, but no, how does that work? <laughs> This one was, yeah, this one, me and Babs both predicted uh, bigger wins, but City, like, the score doesn't really reflect the uh, how the game went. So Babs predicted 3-0, I predicted 4-0. Um, this ended up being 2-0. It was just a horrible performance from Fulham pretty much all game. Um, I'll give this to Fulham. So pretty much City dominated. So City went up 2-0 pretty early. It was pretty comfortable. Yeah, um, City definitely could have put in a couple more chances. They didn't. Uh, Fulham, you know, occasionally showed some good sparks, some good chances. I think Bobby Reed or, or Mitrovic or someone like there was a couple chances, but for the most part, like you could assume what was going to happen. And, and City were good, so two nothing. No, we're like, oh, there's only two goals. City should score more, but no, there was a comfortable win. They were win. Win. yeah. Well, it shouldn't matter anyways against Fulham, but it's it they it they were completely better. So let's not even get to discussion on this one. West Ham, Manchester United. Uh, this one's a game I actually fully watched. Um, this was a really good game, by the way. Mm. Right out there. Super interesting game. So, um, essentially, West Ham went up 1-0 in the first half. Um, 
West Ham had created around 15 shots or 15 chances in the first half. Sebastian Allaire should have scored. I think it was an open net. He slipped or something um, at one point. Then he had another. Then he had another chance that he just didn't. Uh, I think he just made the wrong pass or got fouled or something. Mm. Um, West Ham were so good. I'm telling you, West Ham was. They were amazing in the first half. Um, you saw their fullbacks constantly converging. You saw Aaron Cresswell at center back. He was getting upfield a lot too. Um, Freaking, who was it? Um, Declan Rice was just an insanely good. It was a force in the midfield, him and Suchek. But especially Rice was just unbelievably forceful in the midfield the whole time. Um, Man United was horrible. Man United had about two or three shots in the first half. Neither were well, no, neither were like real legitimate chances either. Yeah. Uh, come the second half, okay, so this is where like, okay, so it looks like West Ham, I mean, Man United might come back to losing. And by the way, Let's give you guys a quick stat about Man United because we're gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk about them later, in, later in the show. They, I believe, have the most away wins consecutively to start a season in the Premier League. That's a, an insane stat to believe about this Manchester United team. They've won every away game they played this year. It, I, that's hard to believe. It may, yeah, it sounds hard to believe, but they've won all five away games they played this year. I'm not making that stat up. And and to top it off. Those wins have all come after the, in the second half. They've been down every first half, and they've won. Mm. Those are some insanely weird stats, by the way. Just insanely bizarre stats. But Manchester United, um, second half, Bruno Fernandez was subbed on. Uh, my personal, I think right now he's the best player in the league. And Marcus Rashford was also subbed on. Um, wow. I mean, what a difference, though. What a difference. The passes, the spacing. I mean, God. You had Bruno just about every part in just about every part of the field, passing the ball off to just about every part, uh, every player in the field. You had Rashford making some excellent runs. Um, Pogba scored an insane goal assisted by Bruno. Uh, Greenwood even scored later on, too. It was just an incredibly good game in the second half of Manchester United. Um, West Ham never were in it in the second half. They looked like they were so out of it. And you know what? And just because I'm super intrigued, we may pull up that second half stats in a second, but. Um, I'm, I'm actually super tempted to. Let's pull up the second half stats because this is I'm I'm telling you, man. They were this was an insane. Well, we'll pull up the stats for this game because it just was such an insane game. It was bizarre. It's bizarre, man. Yeah. man. But you have to wonder: is Bruno like this? Is the difference between Bruno Fernandez and a lot of other players? He gets on the field, him and Marcus Rashford, and my God, my God, did they shift the game? Look at the stats to end the game. West Ham had about three or four chances in the second half. Manchester United had about 13. Just an unbelievable game by Man United. Once they came, once they came on, Cavani, I believe, got injured too. Um, he was off pretty early. So was Martial. I mean, it was just such a good one all the way around for Manchester United. So big up to United on that one. Um, we'll get into the, the weaker parts later on. But this is, this is a scary story. What are you going to say? I'm trying to find out. I saw this thing. It was just like going off the interesting stats. So I think it was like United. It was like weird facts that like people didn't know about the Premier League. And it was like United have never lost a game yep. at home. Well, yep. yep, that old Trafford stat. They haven't lost ever um, when leading at half. Yeah, ever. That's just – In the Premier League, they never – yeah, that's a stat that's held up since Ferguson's or Ollie. It's not ever – yeah, it's a fact. I mean, that shit. They have some crazy stats, United, to go along with them. But 
Um, this doesn't bode well. So as much as I'm complimenting them, it doesn't bode well though when your team is only doing good. And maybe you can tell me about. That. Maybe you disagree. It doesn't bode well when you're only playing good in one half of football and then uh, not playing good in the other half. Um, this is especially telling in the UCL where they went down three nothing to Leipzig, scored two goals in the second half in the 80th minute. Um, and they scored them what, like five minutes apart? Yeah, like two minutes apart. And and it lost them the game. They still lost three two because Leipzig's not West Ham. But um, that's beside the point. We'll get into that later. Chelsea and Leeds. Uh, I predicted a win for Chelsea two 0 So did Babs one nil. Uh, Chelsea won three one actually. Uh, Leeds scored a super early goal, and then Chelsea just came in and, and did their thing. I was watch. I watched some of this game, not all of it. Um, it's a really decent game from Chelsea. I mean, I all of Leeds didn't play that bad though. No. No, these weren't bad. They were they were in it. They were in it. They were definitely I'll give Leeds the credit, you know, at least when they're facing these types of teams. Um Leeds isn't just sitting back um doing the casual like the best example is Newcastle probably or Burnley, you know, or Palace. The teams that just sit back, suck up you know, they suck it up in the back, all the defense, they they only have the ball maybe ten or fifteen percent of the time, twenty percent of the time, do absolutely nothing and attempt to win the game or get a point. Leeds fight, you know, they, they give it a chance. And they're up your ass. Amazing. Yeah, they're up your ass. They're pressing. I believe Bamford scored, and he scored against the former team. So congrats to him, by the way, because he's had a really good season, too. Very underrated season. Um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember me and you had this discussion on him. I told you he wasn't that bad. And it's just the championship. He wasn't that good. He's been good this year. He's been amazing. Yeah. He's got to, like, really shine in, like, those moments he needs to. Yeah. No, no, no. He definitely has. And, and credit to Chelsea, man. Chelsea Chelsea are looking like they're mounting up a, a run of the title this year. A serious like, title run. They really look like they're mounting one at the moment. They look really, really good and efficient. I feel like they're doing it really like quietly. Very quietly. And by the way, they're barely conceding at all these games. They're typically putting in multiple goals every game. Um, Timo Werner should have scored too. Um, he had that Oh, you saw it, I'm assuming, right? I think so, yeah. The one-yard miss. Yeah, literally. I don't even know if he had to touch the ball. It was going to go in anyways. And he didn't score from one yard. He hit the crossbar or something like that. It was insane. And just bounced back, and then he missed it again. It was. He has an array of, like, I saw I – hate, I hate that they're doing this to him, but I saw he has, like, a mixtape of just, like, failures. I'm just, like I – mean, so, He's world-class, though, according to Babs. But, um <laughs> – I'm only messing with you. But um, West Brom versus Crystal Palace. Uh, this game, I predicted a draw. Um, you predicted a 2-0 win for, for Palace. This was a slaughter. They just wouldn't stop. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Um, Palace has been abusing these shitty teams. They, they've been abusing the bottom really hard of the league. Um, I don't know how they – they won by a lot here, and they they were much better. Gallagher scored a good goal earlier for West Brom, though. Credit to where it's due. Um, I I didn't see all this game. Um, Zaha I know was pretty decent on the day too. He was really good. He was really good. Yeah, Zaha's got to get a transfer already, man. He's he too transfer. good for that team. Way too good. He needs a transfer. It's 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 awful to see. He's having a lights out year. I think right now though. He's having a better, much better year than last year because last year he was demotivated and clearly wanted to go to Arsenal or, or Everton or whatever. This year, he's definitely more motivated because I think he's playing for a move. 
Yeah. I think he's without a doubt right now playing for a move over Zaha. It's pretty obvious. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know. Wilfred Zaha, like you can maybe expand on it. He he's a weird player because so he's like twenty seven, right, or twenty eight. Yeah. And the problem with Wilfred Zaha is, what do you do with him? Like, what what team buys him, and where does he fit in the team? I know like, Dortmund always have their eye on him, but I don't even know where they. I, I don't believe in that rumor. Yeah, it just sounds like it's faulty and, and shitty. You know why? Because Dortmund's not going to spend the money to get him. They're just not. In the end of the day, they won't spend the money. But Wilfred Zaha, well, this is what's interesting about Zaha, right? Is I think if he was priced at like $40 million, I think someone would have already gotten him, 30 to $40 million. I think whether it be Arsenal or Liverpool or, or anyone for that matter, someone would have picked him up. I just think it's because of the way Powell's price him at. I think it's obviously why no one's tried to get him or gotten him. I also think still right now they have decreased his price tag. So I think his price tag is close to like 40 or 50 million. Yeah. But it's still really tricky because last year he had a kind of a shitty year. And and you just don't know. Like, you just don't know how he's going to fit in a team. Like, it's kind of the same argument about Grealish. Like, Grealish is a weird player in a sense that, like, how does he – so he's amazing at Villa because he's always on the ball, and same with Zaha, and same with same Maximin. They're amazing on the ball. They're always on the ball. They typically carry an attack, and they, they move you forward. They push a team forward Yeah, into the final third. But, like, how do those players, like, mix in to big six teams in the Prem? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you get, like – like, how do you take Grealish, who's really ball-dominant on the left side especially – who, who's so good at controlling his own, like controlling the pace of a game, controlling his team's attack, tempo. But where do you like, like, let's say you want to throw him at City or United, like, yeah. How does his role? What is his role then? Like, what, what kind of player does he become? I just don't know. I don't I know. Mean, maybe I want to know if he still wants to go to Arsenal. Grealish? No, uh, Zaha. I don't know. I think if he was offered right now, if they all, you know, if Arsenal said we're going to pay the money and the deal was done, he'd say, without a doubt in a heartbeat, he'd say yes. Yeah. Because he's from London. He loves the club. I mean, maybe that's the spark that they need. They need a player like that. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, okay. So let's, maybe, and I don't disagree completely, but, okay, they could have gotten him a couple of years ago and they settled on Pepe. Yeah. And then not only that, right, but the logistical argument with Arsenal is like, okay, Bring in more attackers. Spend more money. But, like, you go through that attacking three between Pepe, Valmy, and Lacazette, they're almost a $200 million attacking front three. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there almost is a sense of, like, you know what, Arsenal, I don't know what you have to do. I can't, I can't personally figure it out. I don't know if anyone can at the moment. But I think it's a manager. I think they need a new manager. That's what I believe. But – <laughs> that's that's beside the point. That's just a really different topic. But it's with Zaha, I just don't know if he just gets in there and he's like the automatic game changer or what they like exactly are looking for. I don't know. Zaha's weird, man. He's a weird player because I just don't know how he – it's tough to take a player who's playing for a bottom-end team or mediocre team and just say, let's put you on a top team. But your role changes because on that mediocre team, you're the, you're the focal point. Versus yeah. if you're on Liverpool, you're not. This is the difference between him and Jota, right? So – Liverpool bought Jota, but Jota – and they paid they a lot of money for him, mind you, okay? But Jota, when he was on Wolves, was never the vocal point of an attack, or the, the, the team. It was Raul Jimenez. Notice how Jimenez 
you know, I'm sorry to, you know, again, this is before everything, but notice how Jimenez never got a transfer because no one really knew where, like, to fit Jimenez because you're like, okay, that's the best player on the team. He's the best attacking player of the team. How does he delve into a top six team? Yeah. How, you notice how Jota does, though, but Jota's a good player, but Jota never was the focal point, and Jota can kind of just play anywhere. It's weird because, but but logistically speaking, when you think of Jota Grealish and and this is prior to the season, Jota Grealish and Zaha, most would have rated Jota third out of those three. Yeah. But Jota's excelling at Liverpool right now, and he's been arguably the best attacker, most consistent attacker in the last couple of games. There's no like I don't know I that's the thing with Zaha that's the type, that's the problem with players like Zaha Saint Maxim and 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 Grealish I just. Where do you throw them in there, and how do they play, and how do the, the rest of the team react to them being in there, like their presence? Yeah. It's weird. Um, Sheffield United, Leicester. Uh, Leicester going up. Leicester won 2-1. Um, Me and Babs both predicted the Leicester win. It's a comfortable Leicester win. I don't think we wouldn't talk about this one too much. Sheffield suck. We'll go over this just about every single week. Um, Sheffield, every week I think we go over this. Jamie Vardy destroyed. <laughs> Did he have one or two? Oh yeah, did he have one or two? I think he just had the last one in the nineties. Last one, yeah. Dude, I mean, they got close, Sheffield. Yeah, they got close to a point, and man, with that point, have gone somewhere. They still don't have a win, right? Or do they have a win? I don't think they have a win. Do they or not? I, I don't think they do, right? No, I don't think so. Normally, they have a win. It'd be embarrassing for anyone who did lose to them, by the way. But um. In other news, Tottenham versus Arsenal. You got this one exactly right. You predicted a 2-0 win for Tottenham. I predicted a 1-1 draw with some high hopes for Arsenal. They let me down, of course. Um, this is a really interesting one, man. What are you going to say? They don't have a win. They only have a draw. That's what I thought. I thought they just had the one draw. But um, this was a really interesting one. Um. I watched this game pretty much most of it. I, I watched pretty much all of this with like the last maybe 10 minutes or so. Um, Tottenham are very, very good. Yeah. They are very, very good. My other point I'm going to make about this game is Son and Kane are the best attacking duo in the league right now, in, at least by form. Right now they are. There's an argument that they are in the world. Yeah. I mean, the, you're actually not wrong about that. You are. You're right. I they, mean, they might be. who compares with them? It's probably just Mbappe and Neymar. They're the only two. Yeah, they're the only two that top them. That's it. They're the only two that can top them. Yeah, you're right. That's it. That's other than Mbappe and Neymar, no one else tops those two. Yeah, like there's literally no one else right now. No. The what's so? Let's just so we'll talk about this one quickly. Arsenal. We're not playing bad the first half. So let's just get this out of the way before anyone thinks like Tottenham just came in and fucked them. Arsenal were not playing bad. So Tottenham went up 1-0 pretty early. They were pretty good in the, starting, the, starting the game. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, as the game progressed, especially in the first half, they started getting a lot more. So this is the issue with Arsenal. They started to push a lot more men upfield, hoping to score before the half. Um, they had a probably an overabundance of people. In that final, in the second, um, in that other half of the field, um, their fullbacks were fully there. I think they only had one or two center backs out. Um, Tottenham caught them on a break. Lo Celso, amazing, amazing pass. Uh, forward run two. He hits Son, Son assist Kane. 
Kane scores from about a couple yards away, bar down. Um, that's how they scored that second goal on a counterattack right before the end of the half, right before the end, very right before the end. And uh, second half, Mourinho did his thing. Mourinho said, okay, we're up 2 nothing. I'm not going to go too – I'm not going to push too much for another goal because Arsenal is still somewhat dangerous. Mourinho sat them back. Um, not fully – he didn't park the bus, but he, like, he sat them back. He let Arsenal try to control the game. Arsenal, of course. Yeah. And I'll say this about Tottenham. When they're in their defensive shape, they are utterly ridiculous. That defensive shape is beautifully structured. Just beautifully structured. You know, we, we don't – we don't we don't talk about that on the show too much, and we don't talk about that in general about the sport anymore. But wow, I mean, we're that shape is so hard to break down. Chelsea couldn't break it down. Arsenal couldn't break it down. It is so hard to break down the shape. It's it's crazy. And you have Son, who's always on the counter, or Bergwijn, or Lachelso, or Kane. It's an utterly frustrating team to go against once they get up a goal or two. Yeah. Um. I'll say this. So Arsenal now. So I saw a stat: with the three worst, um, the three worst teams in terms of att- uh, shots attempted or um, attacks created are now twentieth Burnley, nineteenth Newcastle. Those are, those two are to be expected, though. And eighteenth Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal are hardly ahead, and by the way, they're barely ahead of Newcastle and Burnley, two of the worst attacking teams in the league. There is a serious so look. I've advocated it, and I like Arteta, and I've already and I've advocated for him getting the job. I was even happy when he got the job. I was like, okay, you know what? I think he's someone that's deserving. Yeah, he needs to go. Yeah. I've seen, but I but I think a majority of Arsenal fans still say keep him. No, a lot of them are saying get him out. A lot of them are saying, but I've seen on Twitter a lot of them. St- most still believe majority. I'm not saying it's a, a massive majority, but a majority, maybe 60, 40, 70, 30, still do believe. Two maybe two thirds, two thirds, give or take still believe Arteta should stay because not on the basis of Arteta. So the, the, the basis I'm seeing is they won the FA Cup. So they won two cups. They're counting the fucking shield or whatever. The, yeah, the shield, I guess, whatever. That's fine. The shield and the FA Cup. And they're saying the Europa League has been really good, which is, they've actually had a really good Europa League campaign, by the way. And they're also saying um, that they shouldn't sack managers too often. So, what they're trying to essentially say is they don't want to sack him after just one year in charge. Yeah. This is a bad talking point. I hear a lot about managers and I used to believe in it too. It used to be the, well, you're sacking them too early. You're sacking them too quickly. I disagree with that talking point on most occasions personally, because personally, right. If you clearly can see the team is playing poorly, if the team is, the problem with Arsenal, right, is they're not just playing poorly, though. They're playing so poorly, so bad, so – like, under Emery, they could at least somewhat get – they were getting shots out still. They were creating something. They were worse on defense, but they didn't have as many good defenders. Under Arteta, it's like, okay, there's some defensive structure because you're pretty much parked back a lot of times, and you can't get forward at all. And how is it that you t- you can't tell me Aubameyang, who had 23 goals under um, Emery, and then 23 last season, and this season has two? What the hell is going on? It's so beyond me. I'm so sick of discussing it too. 
But I, I've advocated for, for me personally. I think Arteta goes. I, I just I like Arteta too, and I think there's might be something there. But I think the job was just a little bit too much for him. I just think it's I think he's a little bit going over his head. The only reason why I advocate for maybe him staying is he hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, that is really important, by the way. So anyone out there who you know really pays attention to stuff like this, see that's we, what we know though. Well, we see and no, because no, you can see the players don't look. The players are not visibly frustrated with Arteta. The only the only thing we've seen are like that Pepe red card. Yeah, but other than that, we have not seen anything to indicate it. And and the players still are very positive. You can see it on social media too. He has still not lost the locker room. So in my eyes, I as much as I think he probably should be sacked by now because this is just shambolic. I think Arteta deserves at least one more month. I think yeah. our test reserves till Christmas or the end of the uh, end of the year. I will go look at their fixtures to end the year. But if but if Arteta cannot get them going by the end of this year, by the end of the year 2020, I'm talking about not the season. Hmm. And it's Christmas time, and this team is still between 13 or or no, sorry, sorry, not 13, between tw- 10 and 20. So the bottom half of the table. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So they got five games. What's what's the games? So they go Burnley this mm-hmm. week. Next week is Southampton. The week after is Everton. Then they do play the the EFL Cup quarterfinal against City, but that don't matter. That doesn't matter. Then they have Chelsea on Boxing Day. Is that the twenty sixth, right? Twenty sixth. And then their last game is against Brighton. How do we? How is Newcastle still not played them? I don't understand that at that point. Okay, but either way, that's beside the point. It's they have to, they have to at least. So that's five games. In those five games, you have to get twelve points, or 11, at least eleven points, ten to twelve points at the minimum. At the minimum, ten to twelve points at the minimum. The only game there they should struggle with is Chelsea. They can beat Burnley. They can beat Southampton. They can beat Brighton. Honestly, right now they could probably beat Everton if they really want to. I don't know if they could. Everything's a much better attacking threat. Much better. Much, much better, actually. Not even comparable. Everything are just inconsistent, but they're a much better attacking threat. Not even not even comparable at the moment. Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, and James Rodriguez, that's a much better attacking outlet than what Arsenal have right now going. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. We'll see. They have they have, at least, at least, you're hearing it on this show. Ten to twelve points. At the minimum, starting right now, till I think it's uh the, the game after boxing day. What is it? The twenty eighth, twenty ninth, twenty ninth. Right now, today's the ninth or tenth, I believe the tenth, the tenth to the twenty eighth. So in these eighteen days or nineteen days to the twenty ninth, in that nineteen day span, Arsenal, and we're going to pretend the EFL game doesn't count. Arsenal, there's a city still. Arsenal still need they need they need they need at least ten points at least. Other anything else is unacceptable, completely unacceptable, because they look like a relegation fodder club right now. Yeah. Liverpool versus Wolves. Um. Liverpool. Yeah, they shit on them. Yeah, we both had wins. We had closer wins than this. We thought Wolves would at least get a goal. Um. No, Wolves, I mean, Wolves just got shit on. It was, and you know what? It's already becoming a problem. I think Potence played striker to start the game. It's becoming a problem. You can see it. 
Jimenez is crucial to Wolves. Very, very crucial. Very crucial. Okay. They don't have a direct replacement. So Fabio Silva is 19. He's 19. He looks like a good player. Looks like he might be a player, like a decent player. There's a player in him. But he's 19. He's never played in the Prem. And he's nowhere, nowhere near similar to the way, in terms of player style, not even remotely similar in any way to him it is. Nowhere. So they don't have a direct replacement for Jimenez. Okay. That's going to affect them severely. They're trying out new formations. If you're asking me right now, if you're asking me right now, Wolves are in legitimate, not crisis mode, but Wolves won't end in the top 10, I think. Or at least, or at the minimum, top 8. Yeah. I don't think there's any shot they make in the top 8 right now. From what I, from, It's not just this game. I know they beat Arsenal, but Arsenal, Arsenal. But this was so bad. And not only this, right? You can see it. If you, I watched some of this game. You can visibly see it. They can't get upfield that much. They're not good at attacking. They're really not. They're not they, they lost the focal point to their attack in Jimenez. You know, it's bad. It's like cutting off Grealish from Villa, something like that. It's, it's bad. Or Zaha from Palace. It might not be as much of an equivalent, but it, it's, a, it's a big equivalent. It's almost the same, if not even bigger in some ways. This is going to severely, severely affect Wolves. So if I was telling you right now, I don't think Wolves are going to be in the top eight to finish the year. And by the way, it's an extremely competitive year. Extremely. Yeah. So I, if you're asking me right now, I don't think they're going to – no shot at top seven. No, I don't think they're going to get top eight. I think they could get nine or ten at best. I, that's really where I think they finish at. You never know. Hmm. And uh, maybe we do for an episode, we might do like an updated table. We'll do an updated – so I think maybe, maybe like the halfway point or something. Yeah. So, yeah, by the halfway point of the year, we'll do, like, a prediction for how the, the season ends. Halfway point, though. That's still a long time away. So, uh, Brighton-Southampton. Um, Southampton won this game 2-1. You predicted the scoreline perfectly right, by the way. And I took Southampton's side. You took them for once. I, I'm glad you did because they're very good. Um, I had a Southampton win 3-2. Southampton were good. They were much better. Um, Danny Ng scored, I believe. They were – they're a pretty decent team right now. Southampton look like they're seriously. Southampton look like what Wolves were the last two years, maybe. Southampton look like they're gonna. They have a shot, a serious shot at ending top seven. Yeah. But uh, that was pretty long, so it's gonna. We're gonna skip out of that. But there was some really good points to that. Um, we were just talking about. So let's bring this over. Game week twelve. Um, quick prediction so we can move on fast. Um. I'll go first. West Ham leads. I have West Ham beating Leeds 2-1. I got Leeds winning 2-1. Yeah, I mean, this can, this can go either way. I don't think there's a clear winner in this one. So, I mean, for all we know, it could be a draw. One, We don't know who's going to win. I think it's a really good game. I, I have West Ham just barely, but I could, I definitely see the case for Leeds. Yeah. Um, Villa and Wolves. I actually have a Villa win on this one. Um, I've got a Villa draw. A Villa draw. Yeah, a Villa draw. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to catch it or not, but um, no. I again, this is this could go either way. I just think this is going to be so. I think Villa got they got the extra week off because of Newcastle's cases. It's not like Villa actually has COVID cases. Yeah. It was Newcastle who did. So I actually like Villa's chances to come into this and like you know what? Let's get a win where we feel good. Wolves are in really bad morale. Um, they still have some good players. Wolves, Neto, 
um, uh, Neto Potence, but it's it's an Adama, but it's a, such a different team, man. No Jota, no Jimenez. It's a completely different team. So I think we have to. It's worth stating that. Mm. So we'll see how they begin to react. Wolves. I think Villa might just snipe this one now. Yeah. Um, Newcastle West Brom. I have a two-one win to Newcastle. Got two-nothing win to Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, to be honest, I almost think this might end in a draw or even a West Brom win. So I've heard Billich's job is literally on the line. So I've heard that if they lose this game, Billich is gone. It's as simple as that. Um, that's how crucial. That's how much they see this game because Newcastle is not good. We're not very. We're not a very good team. So, but it's also worth stating this about Newcastle. Um, we are. We, we don't. I'm a fan. You guys know that I'm an avid fan. We literally don't know who has COVID and who doesn't. So it was reported at one point there was like eight to ten players who had COVID or something extreme like that. We don't know who has it. We do know Callum Wilson's going to be playing in the game. That's massive, regardless, because if he's in the game, that's automatically a whole, a whole different difference maker for Newcastle right there. Um, to be honest, it's at St. James. I like Newcastle's chances. Um, West Brom just don't look like a really good they – they look really bad. They just look like a really bad team. Um, and I think Newcastle are going to get lucky because of all games you could get after all this COVID crap, um, this is the one because they can nick a goal or two. I think Newcastle would just barely win this one. Yeah. Hopefully. But I could see West Brom really I, – I could see West Brom winning or even drawing. I, I seriously, seriously could. Because of the COVID cases and the crisis that struck the club, and we don't know who's playing. We don't know who who got the who got COVID. The club refuses to disclose anything, pretty much. So we really have no idea. Um, City United. Um, I have City winning two one. I have City winning two one as well. Yeah, I we we're gonna get to United a little later in the show. I think United just they're in a crisis. I don't like their odds. City, City win this. City are gonna win this. I think. Uh, yeah. Not, it's not impossible, but you know what? I just really don't like United's chances. They just don't look like a really great team right now. They're having good, like, strong showings occasionally, but I think morale's down. I've heard we've, – we've heard it. We're going to talk about it later. Like, the players are blaming Aldi. They're turning on Aldi. What did we say earlier on this show? When the players turn on the manager, when the manager loses the locker room, that is the end of his managership. That is the end of his job. If those reports are true, this is what – then that's big. It's big. Uh, we'll go over that later, though. Um, Everton-Chelsea. Um, I have a 2-1 win for Chelsea. I got a 2 nothing win for Chelsea. Yeah, um, I'm feeling a good Chelsea win. I think they're going to play better. They're going to win this game. They've been consistent. They're, they're not giving up too many goals. They're going forward well. They've been dominating most of the games. I like Chelsea. Yeah. Southampton-Sheffield United. Um, I have a three no one for for Southampton. I get a three one win for Southampton. Sheffield suck. That's pretty much it. And yeah. Southampton are pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> Not much to go over there. Uh Palace Tottenham. I actually have a two nil win for Tottenham. I have a one nil Tottenham. One nil win for Tottenham. Explain your reasoning. That's really narrow game. I don't know. Sometimes they just have like those really narrow games against smaller teams. They did it against Burnley, and I could just see it happen again with Palace. I don't think that's impossible. I think it's definitely a possible result. I think they're in good form, though. I think they're going to come in and just play better. That they're going to beat Palace. Um, justly, too, and comfortably. Um, Leicester and Brighton. Leicester, I have uh, winning 2 1. I got a 1 nothing. Went to Leicester. 
Yeah, Leicester win these games. They're winning every game really narrow at the moment. Their defense is better than their offense, clearly. They cannot attack very well at the moment. They're getting goals, but they're not scoring at really high rates. The defense has been winning them games. So, And yeah. Brighton, Brighton being away, I think Leicester will probably just keep hold of this one at home. Um, Arsenal-Burnley, I have 1-0 to Arsenal. You got 2-1 to Arsenal. Yeah, this is one they have to win. Look, this is they have to win this. Even if it's just a corner, a 1-0 on a corner, they have to win. I think they're going to win. If they lose this. Yeah. At that point, it's 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 done for me. I do I do. Arteta has to go if they lose this one. Um, Liverpool, Fulham. I have a, a Liverpool win two 0 I got a three nothing Liverpool. They'll win comfortably. It's Fulham. They're in Anfield. It's not going to be a real competitive game. Yeah. It's a sucky, sucky back to back for Fulham City and then Liverpool. It's just such a shitty way to play. It's I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's just the worst. Yeah, really. not well, not awful. But screw that. Let's go over the UCL results. Um, we'll just go over who's moving on, who's not, what we got right and what we got wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just go over the matches, I guess. That makes the most sense. So we said to you Dortmund would move on. I think we were both right about that. Yep. Lazio and Bruges. Um, Lazio had a shot right in the end of the game. Okay. So it was two. I don't know if you saw it or not. With the red card. Right in the end. A couple yards away. They hit the crossbar and just lost the game. They, it had Bruges won this game, Bruges would have moved on over Lazio. Yeah, Lazio, man, I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. I think they're going to. I think they're going to struggle really hard. You know, City's about to get them. City's probably going to get them. Yeah, Juventus beat Barcelona. Um, big up to Weston McKennie, who had an incredibly beautiful goal. And Ronaldo, just oh yeah, goat. Hell yeah, uh, it was a great game. Um, it's a massive choke job by Barcelona. Look, Barcelona could have lost this game, and it would have been okay. I don't think anyone would have said anything. Hmm. But we'll show you why it mattered. They gave up three goals. They didn't score one. The goal difference just barely, but it did, just barely shifted to Juventus's way. Juventus just won this group. Barcelona are second in the group, meaning Barcelona could get Paris or City. Or Real Madrid or Bayern. So it's like, you know, you did. Or who? Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. So they did this to themselves, or Chelsea. They did this to themselves. So nice job. Chelsea won a uh, Chelsea draw with Krasnodar. It was a meaningless game. Leipzig beating United 3 to 2. Um, we went over it on this show earlier. We went over it. We literally went over it. We said, look, you can't play like this all the time where you. We just went over this literally not that long ago, where you win, you know, where you win games coming back from the second half or coming back in the second half. United shot themselves in the foot. Not surprisingly, uh, they went down to you know, I believe it. The third goal is a sixty-something minute, 69th, Yeah. Um, by the way, the two fullbacks scored for Leipzig, Angelino Hadera. Um, that's sad. <laughs> sad and. United uh, United scored two goals. Canote own goal. Bruno Fernandez scored. I mean, it's just sad. I, I wanted United. Look, I had a feeling Leipzig would win this game. We predicted United because we, well, I wanted United at least. I just wanted them to be in because it would be more interesting. But hmm. they didn't get the job done. Uh, Kai have won, but it's a meaningless game. Sevilla versus Rene, uh, Renez. Sevilla won dominantly. Sevilla going to be second in the group. 
Liverpool, I, I can't pronounce his team. It's a Danish team. I Midgeleon. I, I yeah. I'm not gonna, I don't want to do it again. Just fucking. Yeah, Liverpool draw to me in this game too. PSG versus a standable. Um we'll go over so let's go over this we'll, we'll, we'll go over we'll go over this last. We'll go over this last. Yes, yeah. that whole incident um beforehand. Adelanta Ajax. Um I told you Adelanta's going on, man. I mean, it was a close game. It was a close game. No, you're right. You're right. It was very close. I just, I, I, I thought Atalanta was moving on. Came late. screamed the better team to me. They, they, player by player, they screamed the better team. Um, Ajax has a lot of inexperience at a lot of spots for this team, like a lot. Atalanta is coming essentially with the same team. I like Atalanta's chances a lot better. Yeah. And they proved they proved me right. They day one. I'm glad they did. I'd, I'd rather have had Atalanta win. Bayern beat Locomotive 2 0, meaningless game. Real Madrid, big win against Muchin Gladbach. So we were starting to doubt Real Madrid. The almighty Yeah, he got a brace. Um, and he's just got them back in then. And he, he's for all the trolling he gets, uh he he's just he's won them this group. With a whopping ten point or eleven points or ten points. That's it. Ten points. It's a really shit group. <laughs> it's a shit group. Ten points won the group. Mooch and Gladbach still moved on, though. I'm super happy for them. Yeah. I think this is the first time. I forget the year that, like, four Bundesliga teams have moved on. Four Bundesliga. Um, and how many in Serie A? Lazio, Atalanta. Uh, no Inter and Juventus. So three Italian teams, four German teams, three English teams, and four Spanish teams. And one French team. That's pretty insane. And the uh, and the Portuguese. And the Portuguese team. Uh, Atletico Madrid beat Salzburg. Uh, they needed to win this. This was a winner take all game. Um, and Atletico, as we predicted, would win this game because you know what? In the end of the day, they're oh, the better team. Yeah, they were going to get out shot. I think they scored the one goal and they kind of just sat it back. But yeah. they needed to win. We said Atletico would just get the result they needed. They did. City beat Marseille in a meaningless game. Actually, it was kind of not meaningless because Olympiacos, who also lost the game against Porto, the winner of whoever could have won of the two actually would have gotten to the Europa League. Marseille is so, so bad, and they've managed to not make it in. I, I, it was incredible hearing some of the predictions about Marseille. It's because I don't know why. It so haunts me. It's like Marseille is going to move on. Marseille, yeah, they're going to come back. They're going to be good again. Like They're horrible, horrible team. <laughs> No, they're really bad. Look, they, they were in the Prem. If they were in the Prem, they wouldn't even be top 10, arguably. They might not even be top 15. They're bad. Yeah, they're not a good team. Um, Inter Milan, with, with such an undeniably disgusting performance, again, against Shakhtar, uh, 0-0 draw. You needed to win. Let's just state the obvious. And Erickson's hairline is gone in that picture, by the way. It is gone. He needs to get that little flab back. It is gone. Yeah. And it's interesting he even played. But you needed to win. Let's just put this out there. Because, okay, the odds were pretty much against them that they were ever going to move on. Like, they were probably not going to move on. Okay. We said the odds were super low. They were low. Okay. But if you won the game, look, let's just make this clear. If you win the game, you make the Europa League at least. Fine. And you lost in the final of the Europa League last year, so there's no reason why you couldn't make it next year. Do you know what this does, though, to a team that looked like they were on the rise, looked like they were showing something? You you could lose Lukaku. 
You might lose um, uh, Martinez. This is really going to hurt. This is going to hurt, yeah. You have no European competition now. This is going to hurt. To a Shakhtar team that was is not very good, by the way. Yeah, Laturo, um, Lukaku. Um, you, you paid big money for Hakimi, too. I mean, you what have you done, Brozovic? What have you done, Inter? Antonio Conte, man. I love Conte, but what is this? What is this? I mean, this can really drive some moves because Spurs really want Skriniar. They're, still- They're not going to get him, though. They're not going to get him. They got Roden. I mean, they- Roden was good. Roden was good against Chelsea. Roden was showing himself, man. He was good. I mean, Maturu, he's wanted by City and Barca. Yeah. I, I mean, talking about uh, Bayern rumors, too. So, I mean, it's look what you've done. I mean, just look what you've done. It's 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 criminal. It's criminal. Uh, and well, like we said, Porto beat Olympiacos. I swear, Olympiacos and Marseille, neither of them wanted to move on to the Europa League. I swear, none of them wanted the Europa League spot. I swear. So, let's just go over the discuss. We'll go over it real quick. Bayern have won their group. Atletico come in second. Real Madrid won Group B. Mönchengladbach came in second on goal difference, like really extreme goal difference, by the way. Yeah. Um, Man City won their group dominantly. Porto came in second. Liverpool won their group. Atalanta came in second. Chelsea won in Group E. Sevilla in second by a point. Um, group F was a uh, Dortmund winner. Lazio came in second. Lazio is extremely unconvincing. The good thing is they never lost. That's a good sign, though. Yeah. Juventus win their group by, interestingly enough, head-to-head. Goal difference. Head-to-head. Yeah, I think it – so I forget. It wasn't goal difference. It was head-to-head that did it. But it was the head-to-head goal difference, I think, that's what that what, that what did it. No. Well, that doesn't make sense. We'll, 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 let's take a look at this real quick. Let's take a look. I'm, I'm actually super curious to how this went. Barca beat them the first time. It's because Juventus beat them better. Juventus won 3-0. Barca won 2-0. That's why. So it was head-to-head goal difference. That's what did it. And then yeah. Group H, uh, PSG won the group um, on goal difference, but much better goal difference. Leipzig came in second. Amazingly enough, 12 points for Leipzig with a minus one goal difference. In what world is that possible? But – um. That's who we got. We don't know the draw yet. We're going to go over the draw next week and make some predictions for it. Um, but that's that's the outlook right now. It's kind of sad. I mean, the teams I would have loved to have seen. I would have loved to have seen Inter. I would have loved to have seen. And let's just – I just want to point this out just because it, it's so amazing. Look at the Olympiacos Marseille. Look at that shit. Olympiacos just got in the Europa League on that. Yep. They scored two goals, conceded 10, and won one game. Marseille, who everyone was so high on over Porto for some weird reason, and Olympiacos for some weird reason, won one game, scored two goals, conceded 13, and lost out on a on a Europa League spot. So sad. So sad. Um, I actually have been cool to see, too. Um, I was hoping Rennes would at least make it to the Europa League. Be a little competitive. Rene, Rennes was horrible. They're just horrible. I just wanted to go and like Doku, just young guys, just to get more. Yeah, too, because like this is what happens with the French league teams. Lille is the same situation, and these French league teams don't perform in Europe at all, at all. Sheesh. Um, I think it would have been cool to see, you know, obviously United move on too. There's a couple teams. I actually United Inter, but yeah, it's a damn shame. Uh, 
that's the outlook right now. We can't make any predictions or, you know, we really yeah. can't make any predictions yet. So next episode, most likely. What about PSG? PSG, right. We didn't go over PSG. Uh, we'll, let's put the scoreboard up for PSG. So I don't know if you guys so – if you guys keep up with the sports, you probably saw what happened. Um, look, if you know, if people know me personally, they know I'm not crazy about social justice stuff. But but the PSG players and the um, Istanbul players, what they did in this game – well – The game before. The game – the day before when they initially played was good. It was incredible. So essentially the fourth ref um, called – he called one of the guys. Was it one of the managers on a standable or a player? It was a manager, right? It was one of the coaches. It was one of the coaches, not the manager. So it was one of the coaches. I mean, on a standable, he called him the N word or something. I I can't say for sure. It was something in like that translation. It might have been like Turkish or something. But it was something along those lines. Okay, and they're saying it was the N word. I don't want to confirm that, but I, I that's what the, that's what's being told. Um, the the. The coach got in his face. There was an argument. It got ugly. It got heated super fast. You saw the, the standable players getting pissed off. You saw Demba Ba, a legend, Newcastle legend, by the way. He was getting pissed. He was making a bunch of comments. Uh, it, the, like gave a red card to the ref he called the N-word. I'm oh, sorry, the coach he called the N-word. That's insane. That's insane. He gave a red card to him. That was what I first called. I was like, oh, my – hold on, hold on. So the whole situation is bizarre. But you see you give a red card to the coach. You call right, – that's beside the point. That's You call them a name that's so beyond offensive, beyond, okay? And you gave him a red card because he was arguing about it. That's not the point, though. Demba Ba later on, um, he was getting in the, the ref's face. And eventually the players did the, the right and good thing. I don't know if you agree. I think you do most likely, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone ever would agree on both teams. The standable players walked off the field. The PSG players walked off the field. All the coaches did. They they they, they pretty much just protested the game. Yep. They boycotted the game. That is a good thing. You you'll never look. I'm not the biggest social justice guy, but but this this was legitimate. This was serious. Um, this was terrible. You know, our, our show would – on this show, we completely agree with the players and what they did. More than completely agree. It was a very and, – and shout out to PSG players for, for standing with them too. Yeah. Because that ref should never, ever manage another game. Ever. That ref should never have a job in the sport ever again. Nope. Well, we thought it was worth talking about that. That was a big. That was, and we've never seen anything like that ever in our lives happen. By the way, nothing like that. That was insane. So we applaud the players and we applaud the coaches. They did the right thing. That was a very good stance by the players and coaches to walk off that field. You did the complete right thing, and that ref never deserves to work ever again in this sport. We say no to racism on the show. We completely agree. Just with we are with the players. We're with the coach who also got abused too. We're very much with him. We stand with the coach. I, I especially stand with Demba Box. You know Demba Ba. I, I love him. 
um, and we stand all the players. We, we thank them because that was horrible. That never should happen. That ref should never be a part of this sport again. I don't know if you have any other remarks, but that's, I, I thought it was worth making mention of that. No, I agree with every point. I mean, and then next day, PSG just fucked them up. Yeah, they beat them, they beat them bad. PSG was always going to win or at least get a draw. And I think to top the show off, we're going to go over one more thing. And this has been a little bit of a long show. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, Neymar got a hat trick in that game. Mbappe got two goals. Um, this is the big one. So if you see it on the screen, if you don't, I'll read it out loud. Paul Pogba's agent, Mino Rioma, says players unhappy Manchester United and targeting January transfer, declaring his time at Old Trafford is over. Um, look. Paul Pogba, you can disagree, you can agree, whatever you, whatever you think, should leave this team, and United should try to get rid of them instantaneously. Yes. I like Paul Pogba. Let me just, let's just put this out there for anyone out there. I like Paul Pogba. Okay. I think he's an extremely talented player. Yeah. But this has gotten to the point where he does not like this is this is getting absurd. It's just getting way too absurd. We've been talking about him and his unhappiness and his disgruntledness for like four years now or five years. It's just horrible. And it's so annoying. And English media tries to hype it up for what it is. No more. Enough. We are tired of this guy. This is this is I'm not a United fan, but this is it. Bruno Fernandes is a much better player. You bought Van de Beek. You have McTominay. You have Fred. You have some backups. Just get rid of him. Just enough is enough. It's not going to work. And this is going to end in two ways. Either he's going to get a transfer or in some magical world, United is actually going to re-sign him on some extreme contract. And he's going to play pretty much. He's not going to play hard. He's just going to play for the contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so. What either is going to happen is United's going to give him some crazy contract to try to redeem the situation. When that's not the answer, the answer is leave. You need to go. Yes. Swap him and get someone else. We already heard the Dybala link. Um, I don't advocate for the Dybala link. I don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a good. I don't know. I'm not crazy about Dybala. I'm not. That's not. I don't think Dybala wants to be in United. That's why I'm pretty like against the idea. I think you just sell him, recuperate what you can get, whether it's 60, 70 million, whatever it is. Buy a center back. Buy another central midfielder. Go buy a center back, maybe, yeah. But I mean, he needs he just needs to go. I there's just no way around it anymore. It's just so aggravating. And and Rayola's a cancer too. I like Rayola, but he's a cancer. What a cancer he is. You know? Yeah. Why do you come out and make these comments? Why do you think this is appropriate to make right now? It just it, it bewilders me. But either way, um, it, that's that's one of the problems United had. We're hearing that. So obviously they lost to Leipzig. They're knocked out of the Champions League. They're going to the Europa League again. Um, the other one, the other big topic for United was the um, – Supposed rumors that the players want Ollie out, or they're starting to show frustration with Ollie. Um, 
I've talked about it with United fans too. I, if you're asking me, you might have a completely different opinion. I, I don't think they should sack all yet, yet. But I think he, man, by Christmas we have, we're gonna know. That's what I know. We're gonna know by Christmas because if, if they're struggling by Christmas and they're in like eighth place or some shit. You're not going to be advocating. I'm not going to be advocating for him on the show anymore. Yeah. I just can't. I can't find it in me to advocate for him anymore. So it's uh, it's at that point, I think it's just done. Because while I think Ollie's a good man manager, and while I think he's okay, you know, he has some okay tactical, you know, he makes some okay tactical adjustments there and then. Mm. And, he, you know, he knows how to sign players. Ollie's not a great manager. He just is not a great manager. A great manager is Jurgen Klopp. A great manager is Pep Guardiola. A great manager is Flick or Nagelman or Ancelotti. Tuchel, those are great managers. Yeah. Conte, I, but I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in that league of managers. I just don't think he is. If that makes sense, I don't know. I just don't think he is. And I don't think the United United for the talent level of this team, that's now the issue. Because last year, the argument was they didn't have the talent, it wasn't there, they suck. The talent is there. You know, the talent is regardless of what everyone says, it's there. I so mean- we- there, there shouldn't be any more about that. Like the talents there, they should win games. We'll see, we'll see because, like I said, they picked it up in the, they picked it up in the league. They have picked up United. That's all you can really put across. Says it's Manchester United. Like they, they're Manchester United. They really shouldn't be struggling like they are. I just think it's a shame to not have managed to get out of the Europa or the Champions League. Especially when they just needed a point in the last two games. Yeah. I just don't know. You you catching me like, like really you couldn't get out of this? You couldn't get out you couldn't maneuver yourself out of this scenario. It's kind of a shitty situation and, and personally, personally, I liked Ollie, I liked the idea. I think he had, you know, I think he had the players on his side, but it's coming to the point for me where I'm like, you know what, man, it's I'm not crazy about you as a manager. I don't think you need to be there. Um, and if he's losing, like we said over and over again, if he's losing the locker room, then that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. So we'll see. But look, for United, it's not all bad. Okay, they're going to be in the Europa League. They can compete hard in the Europa League. They look like they're picking up form in the, in, in the league too. It's not all bad. It's just not all good either. Hmm. So we'll see. Um, but either way, I don't know if you have any other remarks. We'll close it off right here. All good. All good. Yeah, we'll see what happens to the United. We'll see what happens in the UCL. Um, and again, say no to racism. Um, what happened was horrible. We hope it never happens again. Yeah. Thank you guys. Like, subscribe, subscribe, all the good stuff. 